Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to a weekly news roundup. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been two, two months and a few weeks. It's been a while. I did have... So before I left... For the Viper Days reunion. Spoilers, I was gone for the Viper Days reunion. Uh, before I left for that, I did have a few podcasts that I think I pre-recorded. But that very quickly ran out. <laughs> and the video that is now up on my YouTube channel, Cody's Car Conundrum, uh, on YouTube. And you'll see Viper Days reunion part one. That took forever to edit. <laughs> it took a while. That was... I thought back in... Back during Viper Week, I thought the very first video I did about... The Viper and Forza, the Gen 5 Viper and Forza not being, not actually being in Gen 5. I thought that was the, I thought that was the video where I put the most production value into it. The VDR video, the Viper Days Reunion video, very quickly beat that. Very quickly eclipsed that. And it, not that I regret putting that much effort into it, no. But it did take, <laughs> it took a lot of time to get that to where I wanted it, to get it to look the way I wanted it to look. But, I'm very, very happy with that video, but yeah. It's, it's been a long, long time. I mean, the C8 Z06 has come out. Oh, God, the, Z, the C8 Z06 come out. I think we had a new Genesis recently. Uh, I'm, forgetting, I'm forgetting a lot of cars, but we, I know we've had a lot of new reveals lately. Quite a lot, actually. A little bit surprised. In fact, we had the new 2022 Chevrolet Silverado, actually, if I remember correctly, the facelift. Which, I have to say, the interior on that, much better. Much, much better. But, yeah, so... While the weekly, while in this weekly weekly news roundup, we're not going to be able to get to everything, obviously, because it's thirty minutes, and I've already spent about four minutes here just talking. Uh, we'll probably, hopefully, we'll get back to at least October and a bit, and then obviously, I'll, as you guys know, I do the new car podcast specifically. So the C eight Z six will be coming as as will all the other new cars we had as of late. But enough stalling. Let's get on to the news. U-Haul driver goes from one disastrous mistake to the other. It was obvious that the truck wouldn't fit, but its driver kept pushing away, so I kept pushing anyway, even after smashing into the sprinkler. So, I'm sure we've seen, there's a lot of videos on the internet of trucks crashing into overhead overhead things that are just way too low. And do you guys remember that one video of the U-Haul driver trying to make it into, I think it was like an underground car park or something? Maybe a multi-story? And I think it was underground. And he hits the he hits one of the pipes and it's the poop line as it turns out. Yeah, the gif I'm looking at here is very it looks very similar to that, except thankfully it's just a sprinkler and not the uh, not the poop shoot, so to speak. Question of the day. It's Chevrolet's birthday, and what's the best bow tie moment from the past hundred and ten years? I know it's very recent, but I have to say the C eight Z06. Sans the fact it doesn't have a mandal. That I think that's probably going to be Chevrolet's magnum opus for a really long time, assuming it's good. But honestly, I'm kind of betting it will be. Alfa Romeo considering Quadrifoglio variants for future electric models. Company, company CEO Jean-Philippe Imparato has confirmed, I'm sorry if I got your very last name wrong, confirmed that the first electric Alfa will debut in 2024. So three years from now, well, probably not three years from now, two years and a few months, but I digress. Toyota Boss says a hot Igo X Gazoo racing is possible, but not in the cards. God dang it, that would have been cool. 
For the time being, Toyota doesn't plan on making such a model, although it notes that you should never say never. China bound 2022 Audi Q5 e-tron spotted testing in Germany. Audi is testing its MEB-based Q5 e-tron, a larger version of the Q4 e-tron for China. Citroen CEO hints at the demise of traditional MPVs from its range. Citroen is one of the few automakers still offering a compact F uh, MPV in an SUV-focused market. Twin Turbo 3000 horsepower Lamborghini Gallardo sets a new half-mile record at 253 miles per hour or 407 kilometers per hour. This twin turbocharged Lamborghini Gallardo has been the world's quickest since 2016. Osprey's latest Land Rover Defender Softtop LS3 V8 is fit for weekend adventures. Powering this Land Rover Defender 90 is the LS3 V8 from a Corvette with 450, no, 435 horsepower. Nikola may pay $125 million in a silver pe civil penalties following SEC investigation. The company will seek reimbursement from its founder, Trevor Milton, who's charged with three counts of fraud. Oh my. Aston Martin Vantage 59 AMR with manual box is a proper driving car. Or, sorry, driver's car. Driving car? What does that mean? The Vantage 59 AMR pays tribute to Aston's 1959-24 hours of Lamar Wynn. U.S. Department of Justice launches investigation into EV startup Workhorse. What? This only adds to the company's woes, as it is also being investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. What for? Why? Subaru disables Starlink on 2022 models sold in Massachusetts over right to repair compliance. The car sold without Starlink will still be fully functional and safe to drive, and can even be re-enrolled in the system if owners move out of MA. I don't remember the guy's name on YouTube whose like half stick is right to repair right to right to repair legislation, but <laughs> we're gonna have to dig into that. Because if any of you watch him, you'll probably be interested in that. Apollo reveals new e-vision electric sedan concept and crate powertrain. Apollo moves beyond just hypercars towards electric vehicles and an electric chassis it hopes to sell to OEMs. Cana Canadian mayor announces Tesla plant near Toronto. Mayor Frank Scarpitti announced that announced the plant this week, saying that it would be the first Tesla band, branded plant in Canada. Did I say Canadian? Oh no, I said Canadian. Okay, I got it right. Mark your calendar. Acura Integra prototype. Also that the new Integra. I forgot about that <laughs> prototype to be unveiled on Thursday, November uh, November eleventh. Actually, the highly anticipated five door liftback will be offered with a six speed manual. GM will invest forty six million in Parma. Ohio Metal Stamping Center. Parma? Really? The I almost thought it was Pharma, but there's no P8, so... The plant has been around since 1948 and will receive equipment upgrades to keep it working into the future. Toyota named third most obstructive company towards climate change after ExxonMobil and Chevron. Why? They literally have a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle! What? BMW, Daimler, and Hyundai were also named in the report published before talks at COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow. Really? What in the hell? Hennessy's 1,000 horsepower Jeep Gladiator, Gladiator Maximus is a pickup on steroids. Hennessy's Jeep Gladiator Maximus is powered by a modified 6.2 liter V8 Hellcat engine. Chevrolet to halt bolt production throughout November. Why? Production of the Chevrolet Bolt will be halted as the automaker deals with the battery-related recall. Oh, okay. Mercedes-Benz's three-pointed star celebrates its 100th birthday. Man, two 100th birthdays? Like, back-to-back? -back? Dang. The culmination of years of development, the three-pointed star in the ring is still used today. 
Hooray! 2021 BMW M550i xDrive can finally hit 60 miles per hour in 3.5 seconds after software fix. BMW discovered an issue with the M550i xDrive stability control system that was limiting boost. You know we live in a crazy world when an M550i, not even a proper M car, can do 0 to 60 in Viper times. That is terrifying! It's epic, but terrifying! One-off Lamborghini Huracan Aperta isn't designed for the purist. The owner of this one-off Lamborghini Huracan isn't afraid of driving it on the limit. It's pretty much just a Huracan spider. That's what it is. Manhart's upcoming BMW M240i wants to make you forget about the M2. Manhart will upgrade the BMW M240i coupe to deliver 450 horsepower and 479 pound-feet of torque. Stellantis' Warren truck plant hit with air quality violation. Stellantis received a separate violation in September at its Detroit Assembly Complex. Aston Martin's high-performance DBX S to offer more power, possibly from a V12 engine. More power, more aggressive looks, and more exhaust tips are all good news for, As for the Aston Martin DBX. Ital Design starts production of the special Nissan GTR 50. Ital Design is manufacturing just 50 examples of the Nissan GTR 50. Maserati's next-generation Gran Turismo will sound very nice indeed. The new Maserati Gran Turismo will have the same powertrain as the MC20 supercar. Sick! That's so cool. Certain BMW models being produced without touchscreens due to chip shortage. The move impacts BMW 3 Series, 4 Series, Z4, X5, X6, and X7 models. So pretty much almost their entire model range. 2022, oh yeah, the new Tundra. I'll get into that later. BW CEO Herbert Diaz tries to ease tensions with Wolfsburg workers. Works Council leader Daniela Cavallo called, in, called on Diaz to focus on resolving, on resolving the semiconductor shortage rather than dedicating time to his social media postings. Oof! That, that is quite a call out. BMW to unveil hybrid XM concept SUV on November 29th. The SUV formerly known as the BMW X8M could have a twin-turbo V8 hybrid with more than 750 horsepower. New Toyota IGO X debuts as an adventurous city car for Europe. The third-generation IGO morphs into an urban crossover with bold styling and lots of tech for the segment. Nissan Leaf crossover is already a thing thanks to Japanese tuners. Nissan is reportedly thinking about making the next Leaf a crossover, but a Japanese tuner is already offering a conversion for the first-gen EV, which is almost which is almost guaranteed to worse, to lessen the range. Well, if it has bigger tires, then it will. If not, then meh. GM considering selling Corvette Z06 crate engine, but it's focused on the car first. High demand for the new Corvette Z06 means its high-revving 670 horsepower V8 probably won't be offered as a crate engine anytime soon. This insane BMW 430D has enough torque to spin the earth. This heavily modified BMW 430D pumps out 455 horsepower and 750 pound-feet of torque. U.S. Democrats propose raise in EV tax credit eligibility to higher-priced EVs and pickups. The MSRP limit would raise to 80000 for SUVs, vans, and trucks, but remain at 55000 for sedans. Woman throws drink on clean Acura NSX heading to SEMA gets instant karma. Instead of admiring the NSX, this woman threw her drink on it, and the universe took notice. Good! Why, why can't you just let people enjoy their nice cars? What is, your, what is your problem, moron? Unless it was weaving in and out of traffic. Doesn't justify throwing your drink at it, but if that was the case, I can understand the displeasure. Alpha Motors Adventure Series adds truck lights and wheels to adorable Ace and Jack's EVs. We probably won't see them until 2023 at the earliest, but these special additions and, 
add performance lights, add performance lights and wheels. Country star Keith Urban shows his 1969 Ford Mustang Resto Mod at SEMA. Powering Keith Urban's 1969 Ford Mustang is a 700 horsepower supercharged V8. Neuro autonomous delivery startup secures 600 million, 600 million dollars in new investment round. Neuro was founded by two former Google engineers in mid 2016, and its latest funding funding round pushed its valuation to around 8.6 billion. Ford will require most U.S. salaried employees to be fully vaccinated by December 8th. Ford rivals GM and Stellantis. Ford rivals, okay, have yet to announce vaccine mandates of their own in the U.S. A fully loaded 2022 Audi A8 will give rear passengers a foot massage and more. Oh, and the new Range Rover, the 2022 Range Rover. <laughs> Lucid makes the very first customer deliveries of the all-electric air. The, the flagship Lucid Air Dream Edition is available in 933 horsepower range and 1,111 horse, uh, horsepower performance guises. The first reported McLaren Artura crash happened in Spain. McLaren's latest mid-engine supercar crashed with the BMW 3 Series. Thankfully, no injuries were reported. Porsche wants to catch chassis failures before they happen. Porsche wants to use sensor data to protect customer cars and help them determine its residual value. GM is storing, is storing trucks without microchips at a former microchip, microchips at a former microchip factory. GM is rolling in truckloads of new pickups to its former Kokomo site every day. The McLaren 720S GT3X is a supercar on steroids. Yeah, because it's pretty much a GT3 race car. It's, you know, a race car. The McLaren 720S GT3X delivers 740 horsepower with its push-to-pass feature enabled. Aston Martin completes first customer example of the Valkyrie hypercar. The first Valkyrie customer will get their car right away. You know, will get their car right after a quick track test. 2024, BMW, uh, no, VW ID Buzz spotted testing autonomous tech. A fully autonomous version of the VW ID Buzz is expected in 2025. 2024, a Mini Countryman S spied with quad exhaust pipes and beefier brakes. The latest prototype of the Countryman seems to be a performance-focused exhaust. Is EV startup Byton going bye-bye? Troubled Chinese electric car company has been focused to suspend operations. No, has been forced to suspend operations for six months due to financial problems. Oof! That is going to be it for this segment, though. I will see you all after the break. During this break, I want to inform you all that you can now monetarily support this podcast and indeed the entirety of Cody's Car Conundrum with Kofi. Uh, well, it might be coffee, but it's spelled K-O-F-I, and that's weird, so I say it Kofi. In any case, Kofi is an alternative to Patreon where, beautifully and as God intended, you, the supporters, don't have to pay a fee, like on Patreon, to support my work. So if you like what I do and want to see me cover, slash talk about, slash make a video regarding something specific, or want me to branch out into other areas of car culture, then head over to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum, where you can make a minimum donation of $5 towards me and the brand. In return, you'll be helping me afford new equipment, afford upgrades to my existing tools, you'll receive polls asking what topic you want me to dive into next, you'll get to see voted and non-voted content before public release, various forms of recognition for your support, and the ability to vote on merch designs you'd like to see on the Teespring store. Now let's get back to the show. Alrighty everyone, we are back. We're going to start with that U.S. Department of Justice article uh, that we read the headline of a little bit ago. The United States Department of Justice has opened an investigation into electric car manufacturer Workhorse Group. The news adds to the company's woes, which was at one time in competition to win the lucrative contract to build the U.S. Postal Service's new electric delivery vehicles. 
The investigation was revealed by the Wall Street Journal, which reviewed documents related to the case. The focus of the action has not been revealed at this time. Workhorse, however, is also being investigated by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, as revealed by a short seller in September. That same month, Workhorse said it would suspend deliveries of its flagship vehicle, the C-1000 electric van. At the time, reports Reuters, it said it needed more tests and modifications to ensure the van complied with regulatory standards. The company, once thought to be the front-runner in the race to supply the USPS with its modernized fleet of delivery vans, lost to Oshkosh Defense, that is an awful name, whose bid to produce 165,000 vehicles for $6 billion ended up winning the contract. That sent Workhorse's stock value plummeting and led, and led it to ask a judge in the U.S. Court of Federal Claims to issue a preliminary injunction against the USPS to suspend the procurement process while the case was argued. The allegations are that basically are that basically that the Postal Service never planned to seriously consider Workhorse and they put their thumb on the scale to select against Workhorse, an individual with, the, with knowledge of the lawsuit claimed in, claimed in June. Workhorse was an early investor in Lordstown Motors, another EV startup that is being investigated by the DOJ. Why? Again, the details of the case are somewhat murky, but the company's former CEO, Steve Burns, is alleged to have misled investors about pre-orders for its electric truck. Oh, dear. Now, why, why is the DOJ investigating Lordstown? The U.S. Department of Justice is investigating electric startup Lordstown Motors, the Wall Street Journal has revealed. It is reported that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan is handling the investigation, and in a statement, Lordstown said it is cooperating. Lordstown Motors is committed to cooperating with any regulatory or governmental investigations and inquiries, a company spokesperson said. We look forward to closing this chapter so that our new leadership, an entire dedicated team, can focus solely on producing the first and best full-size all-electric pickup truck, the Lordstown Endurance. While details about the investigation aren't known, it could be related to claims from founder and ex-chief executive Steve Burns that the company had received 100,000 pre-orders for the truck, enough, though, that they were non-binding. Lordstown's shares fell by as much as 17% on the back of, its latest, on the back of this latest report. Lordstown has been in a world of trouble since a short-seller report published in mid-March asserted that the brand's orders were almost entirely fake. This, tri this triggered a Securities and Exchange Commission SEC investigation into the startup, which continues. Things then get worse for Lordstown as it halved its production goals for 2021 and admitted it needed more capital. A couple of weeks later, it claimed that it did not have enough money to fund commercial-scale production, but mere days after Burns' resignation in June, Lordstown changed its tune and claimed that it will indeed start building the endurance in late September and has enough money to last until 2022. I don't think they've been building the endurance. I don't remember reading any news, obviously in private, about them building the Lordstown. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all in trouble. Next, we have that Right to Compliance article regarding Subaru Starlink. Recently, voters in the state of Massachusetts fought to keep their right to repair by passing one of the strictest laws in support of it in, in the country. Now, in order to comply with them, one automaker, Subaru, has disabled their Starlink wireless diagnostic system entirely on new 2022 vehicles sold in the state until a more permanent solution can be reached. For some background, the whole right to repair issue stems from cars' onboard telematics data and, who's its access and who it's accessible to. As of right now, any independent mechanic shop or industrious individual can access this data in order to repair a vehicle, but recently there's been a push for it to only be available to the manufacturers themselves, and consequently, whoever they choose to give it to. 
This obviously raises a number of concerns as it means dealerships are the only ones able to fix their own cars, which is why the voters in Massachusetts were so dead set on protecting the system that's currently in place. Automakers and their lobbyists, on the other hand, are of course opposed to this as the lack of right to repair benefits them. However, there was one manufacturer that deviated from the pack, and that was Subaru, who, in order to bypass the fact that their Starlink wireless diagnostic system wasn't compliant with the Massachusetts regulation, simply disabled it on all vehicles bound for sale in the state in order to still be able to sell it there. I want to call that a Chad move, but I'm not sure it is. It's worth noting that the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, one of the aforementioned lobbyist organizations, had previously claimed in a court filing that doing something like this was a, was a practical impossibility. The data collection covered by Starlink includes collision notification, remote ignition start, remote, remote door lock slash unlock, stolen vehicle location, enhanced roadside assistance, main, maintenance notifications, vehicle health reports, and diagnostic reports. And while these can all be useful under the right circumstances, aside from all the downsides that come with locking that away from, in, from independent mechanics, if the wrong people get their hands on that kind of data, which is constantly being recorded, it could be problematic to say the least. As for what will Subaru, sorry, as for what will happen with Subaru outside of Massachusetts, as far as it's known, they will, they, will be, they will be sold normally without any changes. Regarding those still being sold in the state, several dealers assured with very affirmative language, I wonder what that means, that the vehicles without Starlink will still be perfectly functional and safe to drive. Interestingly, vehicles sold without Starlink are even allegedly eligible to re-enroll in Starlink if their owners move out of the move out of the state, and a Massachusetts address is no longer associated with, with that vehicle and Subaru system. All right, and now we have the Toyota being a very obstructive company about climate change, which I, I still find that completely hard to believe. Toyota has been named the third most obstructive organization for, organization for lobbying governments that set climate policies. Two of the largest oil companies, ExxonMobil and Chevron, were named the top two most obstructive. The report by Influence Map, which was investigating corporations and climate change lobbying tactics, ranked Toyota as the worst car maker on the list. Other, other automakers name checked were BMW 18th, Daimler 24th, and Hyundai 25th. The corporate playbook for holding back climate policy has come a long way from science denialism, but it is every, every bit as damaging, Ed Collins, a director at Influence Map, told The Guardian. What we are seeing is not limited to efforts to undermine regulations directly. It also involves prolific and highly sophisticated narrative capture techniques, leading governments down incredibly dangerous paths. So what are you saying in, in big brain speak that they're trying to brainwash governments? Or, and also, this, this kind of just corroborates something that a few others have been saying, well, a handful of people have been saying for a while. This push to you know, hybrid cars, electrification, and whatever isn't, in mo by most accounts, is not from the automaker's own doing. It's due to policy. The government is forcing automakers to comply with such regulations to make more environmentally friendly vehicles. And in some cases, definitely for the better. Don't get me wrong. This is not the first time Toyota has been singled out for its lobbying tactics. According to an earlier report by the New York Times, the Japanese automaker campaigned, con campaigned congressional leaders be behind closed doors to push back on the Biden administration's plans to accelerate EV adoption. The Japanese company has also stagnated in the EPA figures, which show that the, that the brand's overall fuel economy figures are now in the bottom tier of economy rating. How? It's Toyota! You really mean, I'm sorry, Stellantis isn't there? GM's not there? Are you joking? That's gotta be bull. I don't believe that. I, 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 I'm gobsmacked. That can't be true. In 2020, a watchdog for campaign contributions found that Toyota was the largest corporate donor 
by far this year to Republicans in Congress who disputed the 2020 presidential election results. Many of these politicians had also been identified as questioning the scientific basis for climate change. Back in Japan, Toyota's, Toyota's chairman, Akio Toyota, claimed Japan would run out of, of electricity in the summer if all vehicles were electric. Well, that wouldn't be surprising considering, I don't even think even in Japan they have the infrastructure to support an all-electric uh, vehicle base. He added that the infrastructure needed to support, see, needed to support a complete transition to EVs would cost the country the, the equivalent of $135 billion to $358 billion. And in India, executives attached to the brand decried the company's target of going all EV by 2030. Toyota has long, ar- has long argued that BEVs and hy- hydrogen tech may offer better long-term results in the fight against climate change. The Japanese manufacturer has since revealed their first electric crossover jointly developed with Subaru. It's the first of seven fully electric BZ vehicles expected. So after reading a few of the comments and thinking, about, thinking back about what I read on the article, especially the latter, the latter bit, what I've realized is it's not okay. It's not that Toyota doesn't want to help the planet because, I mean, God, they created the Prius, right? That's not it. It's just that, as it seems to me, they don't believe EVs are the better way of trying to save the planet. They think FEVs and hydrogen tech may be better and, as it said in the article, might be better in the long term. So it's not that they're, it's not that they're against, they're not against helping the planet. That's not it. They're against governments forcing automakers to make more electric cars. That's what Toyota's against. And to be fair, I, I kind of agree on that front because to me, to me personally, I, I guess I have to ask why, what say does the government have to this extent in the types of cars automakers make, right? Like as far as how they're powered or how they appeal to a market, right? Like what say does the government have getting involved in automakers trying to appeal to consumers like this, right? And I, ju- and I even just said a little bit ago, this article basically confirms that most automakers aren't necessarily making EVs because they want to, they're making EVs because they're being forced to by a lot of governments. I mean, look at Europe, right? That's a, ver- that's a great example. So. Also, I'm kind of with Toyota on this. If if purely if purely on the basis of it's not the government's it's not the government's job to force automakers to decide what powertrains they will and won't put in their cars. That is not the job of the government. I'd love to say it's not the job of the government to get into a private sector like this, but I'm not entirely sure <laughs> the automobile industry is necessarily a private sector. So I'll I'll abstain from making that point, but. I do, I do kind of agree with, Toy- with, with that angle of pushing back. That might not be Toyota's angle specifically, but if Toyota believes that FEVs and hydrogen tech would offer better long-term results, then they should, they should be allowed to do that to their fullest extent and prove and state their case, right? They shouldn't, they shouldn't be forced. They shouldn't be forced to make electric cars that they don't, be- that they don't necessarily believe in, especially when they think hydrogen tech or FEVs hydrogen tech or FEVs will, uh, will yield better outcomes. Now, as a counterpoint to that, though, you can't necessarily say that the Toyota Prius is any more economic or environmentally friendly than an electric car, because both have batteries. And, we, and I think most of us know how unenvironmentally friendly it is to make a battery for a hybrid or an electric car. So you're kind of throwing stones from glass houses with that one. But the hydrogen tech, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with them on that one. I'm definitely with them there. 
But yeah, I, I guess I sort of I sort of agree there. Again, if only from the angle of it, the government shouldn't be the ones forcing automakers, forcing automakers to make cars they don't to make cars and or power powertrain types they don't fully believe in. That should be the customer. That should be the consumer. That should be the buying public. Thing is, though, if it were the buying public, they wouldn't give a a lot of people. I would think wouldn't really give a crap. Now, to be fair, we do have a growing base of people buying electric cars, but we don't have so many people buying electric cars that automakers would stop selling gasoline-powered vehicles entirely. No, that's the government's doing. Saying, you know, in France, in most, in not most of Europe, but a lot of Europe, saying, hey, we're not going to have any gasoline-powered vehicles by 2030 or 2035 or 2025, right? Automakers aren't getting rid of their gasoline-powered vehicles because they want to, because no one's buying them. That's not what's happening. They're getting rid of them because governments are forcing them to stop making them. Otherwise, they won't be able to sell anything and they won't make a profit. So it's kind of, it's a two-way street here. We do have more people buying electric cars, but we don't have so many people buying electric cars that gasoline-powered cars are now unprofitable. That's not what's happening. That's not the case. What's happening is governments are sticking their nose, are sticking their nose in the automotive industry for climate change, carbon emissions, etc., and saying, hey, y'all have to stop, even though the government's not sticking its nose in production facilities owned by Apple, Am- not Apple, Amazon, uh, Apple, Samsung, Microsoft, etc. They're not, they're not really sticking, at least not like this, they're not sticking their nose, noses, in, noses in factories, saying, hey, you got to become a lot more efficient. They're not working, the government's not even working on its own goddamn infrastructure. Right? At least not the U.S. The U.S. government is not working on its own goddamn infrastructure. And if it did work on its own goddamn infrastructure, that alone, making things more efficient, more environmentally friendly, trying to reduce traffic via better, better mass transport, that alone would help. I'm not saying it'd be the only solution, but that alone would be a big solution to reducing, to reducing how much carbon dioxide is being emitted, how much damage we're, how much damage we're doing to the planet. But the government's like, no, stop selling gas cars. <laughs> like the government's going f- in this case, it seems going rules for thee, but not for me. Though, in fairness, Pete Buttigieg does want to improve the does want to improve the mass transport. Uh, yeah, mass transport in urban areas. So, supposedly, some things are being done to improve mass transport, and definitely where it's needed, <coughs> urban areas. We'll have to see if they actually get anywhere with it. If he gets anywhere with it, but I don't know. I think I'm, I'm gonna have to, on my own time, read a lot more of these comments and just see, just see all the varying opinion, opinions and kind of come to my own conclusion there, and hope so so people can break it down a little bit further so I can get a better understanding. But in any case, I've been rambling for far too long. I will see you all after the break for the final segment. While we take this short and elevator musicless break, sorry. I would like to inform you all that there is more CCC content for you to enjoy. For articles, videos, polls, quizzes, posts about the podcast, and even a little bit more, please head on over to my all-new Cody's Car Conundrum website. With a whole new design and all my content in one place, the new Cody's Car Conundrum website is the home of everything I do with CCC. Just go to codyscarconundrum.com to devour even more car-based content. Alright everyone, we've got a few more articles to get through here and then we'll go back to some headlines starting with the Chevrolet Bolt halting of production. General Motors has confirmed that the Orion assembly plant where the Chevrolet Bolt is built will be down for the weeks of November 15th, 22nd, and 29th. The automaker restarted production of the Bolt on November 1st, but is only producing a limited number of cars that will be used to support customers and dealers currently dealing with the recall of 141,000 bolts. Some of the Bolt 
Some of the Bolt models currently being built will serve as courtesy loaner cars for those having their vehicles repaired. The Detroit News reports that production will be paused yet again as the automaker works through the battery recall and module replacement process. Vehicle production during this time frame will continue to help optimize LG battery production and supply chain repair logistics and also continue to support customer and dealer needs related to the recall, said GM spokesman Dan Flores in a statement. Battery module replacements remain a priority. We will continue to adjust Orion's production schedule moving forward to best support the recall. In mid-September, GM confirmed that it had found the root of the defect that caused the batteries of some bolt of some bolt models to catch fire. GM states that the issue was related to two rare manufacturing defects consisting of a torn anode and a folded separator in the battery. To resolve the problem, GM and battery supplier LG Chem started installing five new battery modules on recall of vehicles in October. And then we have the chip shortage and how it affects BMW models. A plethora of new BMW models are now being produced without touchscreens because of the ongoing semiconductor shortage. In a post made to BeamerFest form, or into the BeamerFest form, a user revealed that BMW started to build models without touchscreens last week. Impacted models include the 3 Series, 4 Series Coupe, Coupe and Convertible, 4 Series Grand Coupe, Z4, and all versions of the current X5, X6, and X7. Models manufactured without a touchscreen will have an option code of 66UY for the deletion of touchscreen in the window sticker, and, order, and owners on impacted vehicles will be provided with a $500 credit. The removal of the touchscreen means the infotainment system can only be operated through the iDrive controller and via voice control. Vehicles options with the parking assist package will also lose the backup assistant. All other functionality of the infotainment system will be retained, including Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. In a statement provided to Edmunds, actually, the automaker confirmed the move. This measure is a result of the industry-wide supply chain issues, which are affecting automotive manufacturing worldwide and causing limitations on the availability of some features or options. This isn't just bad news for those that have a new BMW model on order, but could also impact the resale value of their vehicle in the future. Impacted customers will need to sign a form confirming acknowledgement of the change at their local BMW dealership. Vehicles equipped without a touchscreen will also need a software update before they are handed over to customers. Alrighty, time to get back onto some headlines. Production-ready VW ID Buzz sheds camouflage, an official teaser. Production of the VW ID Buzz will start from early 2022 at the automaker's plant in Hanover, Germany. Is VW CEO Urbert Diaz on the chopping block? VW Mediation Committee to discuss his future, says report. Claims that 30,000 jobs were at risk and that there needs to be a reduction in headcount have not gone down well with labor representatives. Ferrari CEO confirms new Icona model will launch this month. Ferrari will start to accept deposits for the new limited-run Icona model in 2022. Ten years and 2,000 miles later, $291,000 Lamborghini Gallardo LP570-4 Superleggera sells for $186,000. What? That's still a lot of money. This Lamborghini Gallardo LP570-4 Superleggera is painted blue Salem? I have no idea. And has just 2,000 miles on the clock. Fisker Ocean Electric SUV to use two different kinds of battery cells from Cat L. Fisker will unveil the production spec Ocean at the Los Angeles Auto Show on November 17th. Cupra's VP of R&D proves the Urban Rebel concept is fully functional by driving it. Dr. Werner Tietz, hopefully I got that right, dons his racing helmet to take the Urban Rebel electric concept for a quick spin. Zip Charge introduces electric jerry can to add up to 40 miles of range. That is very useful. The Zip Charge Go fits in your trunk and can give you an extra 20 to 40 miles of range if you're in a bind. That should be standard. 
everyone who's got an electric car, you know how people have those like roadside assistance kits, or I say assistance, but those roadside kits when you're in a jam, that should be part of yours if you have an electric car immediately, right now. Hyundai teases seven concepts that will lead to 2024 Ionic 7 full-size electric SUV. After the Icon, the Ionic, sorry, the Ionic 5, Hyundai is prepping us for the Ionic 7 three-wheel SUV that will be similar in size to the Palisade. Won't it then kind of cannibalize sales a little bit? At nearly $38,000, Chevrolet's 1,004 horsepower crate engine costs as much as a Camaro 1SS. The 10.35 liter engine offers massive horsepower, but it also comes with a massive price tag. Chaos in Greece with SP Automotive responding to vaporware accusations from haters. SP Automotive's multi-million dollar ultra car, the Chaos, bringer of performance destruction and doom, has stirred up a controversy on social media, probably because it's more likely than not fake. Porsche will build a third North American Experience Center in Toronto. The track will be located just 30 minutes from downtown Toronto and will feature a track, cafe, and more. Watch the Ford Mustang Mach 1 lap the ring in under 8 minutes. The time won't threaten any records, but that means the Mach 1 is 4 seconds faster than an Aston Martin DBS. Cars are just insane these days. Rivian aims to deliver over 1,000 vehicles before year's end. Production of the electric Rivian R1T production, sorry, R1T pickup truck started on September 14th. Tesla launches home J1772 home charger that works for all EVs. Tesla's new home charger charges up to 9.6 kilowatts and costs $450. Rivian wants to raise $8.4 billion by going public, making it the third largest US IPO in the last decade. The electric vehicle startup could be worth more than Ferrari and almost as much as Honda. Aston Martin Toronto unveils bespoke DBX by Q inspired by the Great Lakes. The one-off special edition DBX was modified by Q by Aston Martin and is inspired by the largest lakes on the planet. Ties Watt Ford Ranger sends sports car vibes with Shelby Mustang-like face and bolt-on fenders. Watt Ford from Thailand has transformed the pickup into a raised pony car. Porsche's Motorsport VP says it's no secret they're considering F1 entry. Thomas Laudenbach, hopefully I got that right, admitted that Porsche is talking to the FIA, but a decision has not been made yet. Please, Porsche, please go into Formula 1. We need another automaker. Or really, just another team. McLaren reveals electric SUV Racer for Extreme E. Announces Emma Glimmer. Hopefully I got that right. Glim Glimmer as their second driver. Emma Glimmer will join Tanner Faust as McLaren's second driver in the all-electric SUV racing series. Hyundai i20N named Top Gear's 2021 Speed Week champion. The Hyundai i20N gives the beloved Ford Fiesta, S Fiesta, sorry, Ford Fiesta ST a real run for its money. Yes, more competition. We need more hot hatches. Especially in the US, dang it. Facelift BMW X7 and Alpina XB7 are bound to make a statement. The new Alpina XB7 and BMW X7 will share the same split headlight design. Audi Q9 spied alongside another large SUV with VW Atlas body parts. Could be China specific. One and the same or two different models? Either way, these I these sorry, <laughs> Audi prototypes are believed to lead are believed to lead to a production model exclusively for China. Renault Kangoo E-Tech electric van hits Europe in spring 2022 with a 186 mile range. The electric version of the new generation Kangoo has the same capabilities as its ICE-powered sibling. Mini teases new 2023 hatch, confirms new Countryman and EV crossover. 
The last new ICE-powered Mini will launch in 2025, before going all-electric in the early 2030s. Volta unveils Production Zero electric truck two years after concept. The Volta Zero is marketed at the as the world's first purpose-built all-electric 16-ton commercial vehicle. 2022 VW ID5 is a coupified electric SUV with a sporty GTX variant that won't be coming to the US. Volkswagen's electric SUV goes the way of the ever-popular crossover coupe. That is going to be it for this segment, though, and indeed this podcast. I am very happy to be back. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please make sure to like, comment, and follow the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications that way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't ever want the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.